Welcome back to the Purple Mic. I'm your host, Erica. I'm joined tonight by my amazing co-panelist, um, Lewis at Men Love and Right. Lewis, how are you doing this evening? What's going on, everyone? I'm doing absolutely superb. Awesome. And we have Ben, Dr. K2, the fellow. How are you doing? What's happening? What's happening? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Amazing. Thank you. It's so lovely to have you both tonight. Jalon, Hot Coco, 31. How are you? I'm good, guys. Awesome. And last but not least, J-Hope, 305, Chef, Seth Jamal, how are you? How y'all doing? I'm doing well. It's so amazing to have you back. We saw you a little bit in episode 14 as you were whipping it in the kitchen for our amazing vacation. So wonderful to have you back. Thank um, you. Thank you. Glad to be back. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, tonight is a beautiful topic. Um, as we kind of move into the stream of ancestry and culture and who we are as people. So um, we definitely want to ask that anyone and everyone watching interact with us and give us your thoughts, opinions, and any questions you might have. So to kickstart this topic off tonight, this will be a three-part question-answer without interrupting the conversation flow. Tonight, as we um, talk about ancestry, the culture and the upbringing of people, what makes a person, their pathology. Um, let's let's dive deep tonight and let's start with ancestry. Well, we have, it depends on where you think that you come from because our history has been stolen away. So since our history has been stolen away, it's a lot, we still have to learn about our ancestry. Uh, for one, uh, not all, all of us here in America, I mean, if you want to call yourself African-American, Black, or whatever you decide to call yourself, that's that's all up to you. But all of us did not come from Africa, and that's where I stand because of the research that I've done. So that being said, just learning about the real side of our history people that have come from here were native we're aboriginal so being aboriginal we have to study the other way that people survived the natives that were here we have to study those other spiritualism from the people that were actually here not just what we were indoctrinated saying that most of us born <clears throat> late 70s 80s and whatnot and we learned that we come from slave shit from africa you know so we have to dig deep and let's go more into our ancestry so we can learn about what we really came from, where we came from, and what we did. Yeah, I agree with uh, Chef Ma. Um, so there's a lot of like studies. Well, first of all, I, 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 I um, second the notion of like, you know, you have to have a good understanding or a good definition of what you mean by like ancestry. Um, because as he said, you know, uh, there are different theories about history because that, I mean, honestly, history is typically, um, um, written down by the, the victors of wars, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, a lot of times there's like, you know, history for the, like Western history and there's like, you know, Eastern culture history, there's African history. Um, and so everybody has their own kind of history and, um, 
you know, to his point, um, there are a lot of people that there are a lot of scholars, especially uh, particularly African scholars or African American scholars or Afri Afro Caribbean scholars that talk about, you know, how we as a people, um, to his point, did not all come here on slave ships. You know what I'm saying? There's one of my favorite scholars, his name is Dr. Ivan Van Sertima. He wrote a book called They Came Before Columbus. Um, and in that book, he also wrote uh, the second book to that to that series called um, America Revisited. And both of these books, it talks about how there was a, a strong African presence here in America uh, prior to um, Columbus coming, uh, dating all the way far back as uh, possibly, you know, 1300 BCE, which is, you know, what, 2000 years before Columbus even came on the scene of opening the country, uh, actually even more than that. Um, and there was a civilization called the Olmecs. And uh, as a matter of fact, you can you can research it. The Olmecs, uh, they were in Mesoamerica, which is middle America. And they have they built all the different temples, all the different pyramids and temples and things that you see in, in Mesoamerica. They built them. Um, and one of the hallmarks of their culture are these huge stone heads. And these these huge stone heads are amazing. They're, they're carved out of what's called basalt uh, um, rock, which is really hard volcanic rock, uh, harder than steel. And they have the, the figures themselves are sculpted in the face of black people. I mean, you have the large, you know, the thick lips, the broad noses. Some of them have like braids in the back, um, all kinds of amazing things. So um, in terms of ancestry, to his point, um, it is very you have to be very um, specific about what you mean in terms of that. Um, when you go all the way back to the to the origins, you know, the origins of civilization is African. You know, what I'm saying, you know, we we all civilization comes from Africa. They talk, you know, they talk about African uh, Eve and everything comes from East Africa. They've done all this, the DNA studies, the mitochondrial DNA, and it goes, everybody goes back to Africa. Um, the original people are come from East Africa, the Nile Valley civilization, or Nile Valley area, Ethiopia, you know, Tanzania, all that area. And um, so we all come from there. Um, so to be less specific and always can be less general and be more specific about our individual ancestries um i think we definitely have to be very um whether be stewards of research in terms of knowing where we come from in our own lineage uh because the way we are raised you know from our parents and our grandparents just like you know just a couple of generations definitely dictates who we are today and so uh to go back from you know again way from way back in antiquity to more recent history um again we definitely have to be very uh diligent about researching who we are um and not even, you know, definitely researching, but just knowing where, how we grew up because our childhood traumas and everything um, are the way we grow up or grew up definitely dictates, you know, um, the types of people that we become with regards to our traumas, even with regards to our triumphs, everything, everything about us kind of sculpts who we are. And um, I believe it was Hot Coco's sister, Jessica, she said it in our in our IG, um, our IG thread the other day, talked about how. You know, we're not responsible for the tra our traumas, but we are responsible for fixing them. And so, uh, again, those those types of things are very important when it comes to like who we who we are and who we become. That's amazing. Thank you for that. <clears throat> hey, Lewis. Um, I'm very. Can you hear me? Yes. I'm very interested. I, you know, I, I don't know if I told you last week that um, I wanted to take that. Uh, I think there's like two different kinds that you can take um, to really drill down to, you know, your background, your ancestry, where you come from. I really want to do that because 
It's interesting. It, it, it'll take a lifetime, I believe, for us to really uncover every single thing in our past to really come to some, and then when, once we do that, like what's the, what do we do next, right? Now that we have this information, now, you know, what's next? Do we try to uncover truth? Do we try to convince everyone else to, now that all truths have been uncovered, you know, what battles do we fight? And we, I, I need to live some more. I'm just saying, I, it, it's just so much. And I, after watching some videos with Dr. Um, I think her name is Dr. Gray. Or if I'm not, if George I'm the Gray. Name George, George the Gray. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, some of her lessons she's taught, I mean, five, six, seven hours worth of just history. And I know she's only tapping just part of, you know, history that we've gone through. And it's, I, I want to be able to go to the motherland. I want to be able to uncover all the different things told by historical people of our people not told by a different race. Um, and then, you know, I was having a conversation with the, um, I think he was Ethiopian. And he said something to the fact that, because I was like, you know, when, do they teach in, in your history in Africa what happened, you know, during those times when Africans were being enslaved? He said, well, you know, a lot of that happened on the Western Hemisphere or Western continent of the, you know, of the continent. And a lot of times they didn't come as far as, <laughs> you know, closer to take from other African countries. And it came from different areas. So some of them weren't even affected by it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, damn, yeah, their views are different about. So it's like, it's so much. And it's so much to see. It's crazy. Um and I, I really don't know what to do with it. I really mm-hmm. don't. Um, because I want to know. I'm excited to know. But then I'm also scared. Like, we gonna, we'll never get to the point where we can be accepted as being true Africans in America mm-hmm. and come up with some solution uh, with some type of authority that we can truly have. Because we only been taken from a small area of in, in Africa. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But we have such a huge impact on this world. And I really don't know what to do with that. So I would love to know where I come from. I would love to know where, you know, my blood lineage goes. Um, but I'm kind of, I'm a little weird about it, but that's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, totally. Can I, can I make real two quick points to, to yeah. Uh, Rose? Yeah. Uh, so uh, number one, uh, Ethiopia is actually the only African country to never be colonized by you know, European, European nation. Uh, so that's, that's what's remarkable about them. Um, the Italians tried it, Mussolini tried it and, you know, they, they, they came with it. So that's why, you know, that's why Ethiopia is another interesting thing about Ethiopia. They're the oldest Christian churches in Ethiopia. Uh, the oldest book, the oldest Bible was written in Coptic, which is an Ethiopian language, you know what I'm saying? Which goes back to like, you know, Kemetic languages and, you know, um, you know, Kemet and, you know, Egypt, quote unquote, Kemet uh, and all that stuff. So that's one thing Two, to your other point about Dr. Uh, DeGroy. She's amazing. She has a theory oh called um, she's amazing. Right. Uh, she she has a theory called um, post-traumatic slave syndrome. I've watched and, that like seven times. Yeah, that thing is is deep, man. Like and when you start talking about, you know, we start thinking about like they have these, you know, this understanding 
about post-traumatic uh, stress syndrome, just like in recent traumas, think about hundreds of years of traumas. And they even have studies that talk about like, so we have these different types of these different levels of our genetic code. So you have like our genetic code, which is like the basic code. Then you have what's called epigenetics, which is basically how your body or how your code um, uses or utilizes the information. And so on the epigenetic level, they were talking about how like, you know, generational traumas can actually be affected. So basically these, 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 these generational traumas can actually affect you on the genetic level. Wow. And so, yeah. yeah and so it's like, you know, so it's, it's, it's really deep, um, which also says that that means we can we can actually change our genetics too you know mm. so we can we can influence our own as well so it's you know we got we have a lot more power than we think we do but anyway i don't want to get into a whole bunch of tangent a, a deep tangent on that but just to, to just to uh you know lewis's point like um you know her her I, that's definitely another person i definitely encourage people to watch uh yeah. dr joy yeah. degroy uh she, amazing. she's amazing 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 sister um and, and just to crazy. add something to that it's it's almost funny because doesn't it seem like back in the day the only country that was being exploited as poor skinny kids big mm -hmm. pot bellies big heads was what mm -hmm. ethiopia mm -hmm. I, that's mm -hmm. all you saw on tv is they need help they need and this, Somalia. They, mm -hmm. yeah it's like mm -hmm. there's a reason for it <laughs> propaganda propaganda crazy yeah. So we move over to our queen, Jalan. What are your thoughts? Well, there is so much to know. Um, I'm with Lewis on wanting to find out because it's like you wonder in the back of your mind, why am I here? What makes me unique? Um, what strengths I have, weaknesses I have, what's in my genetics, my bloodline? that has you know persevered over the years over the the traumas over the my arrival i should say here um to become this person that i am today like what was my past and yes you know you push forward but your past has also been instrumental in it's like the innate person that you are um, and so it's very intriguing to know, like, where you come from, because um, deep down inside, you know that you've been taught certain things, just like how slavery has been whitewashed and this, that, and the third, but you, you kind of know deep down in your soul that there's something more, there's a, a beautiful story behind your lineage behind your 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 blood behind your you know your 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 people you know so i i think that knowing where to start i think is the most difficult place because our history has been so tainted and distorted and and pushed one way and it's okay like you know like ben said not all no, i'm sorry jamal said like not everybody came from africa That'd be news to somebody. Be like, oh, all black people didn't come from Africa? Because it's all only one story being told. So I feel like digging deeper and, and trying to find those facts, you know, will definitely, you know, push us in the right direction on, on getting to know who we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as we move over to our culture, we talk about the culture. 
uh, was we reference ourselves as African Americans. Uh, I want to kind of get some feedback on our culture here in America. So it's interesting, like we were talking about. So you, the way I look at it, we have like, you know, I guess like I, I think to a couple of people's point, like we have like our own personal ancestry or whatnot. But then you have like a collective ancestry, uh, like or, or I think like a um, a collective mind mm-hmm. uh, with regards to our community. And so if I'm, you know, kind of answering the question in two different ways. So what's interesting about our collective, you know, culture, our, you know, our ancestry is, as a people or really our culture in general is that our, our standing in this country has always been one of commerce. Um, when I think about like, you know, the importance of the black, black culture has always been in a commercial capacity. Black bodies, you know, with everything we produce from our, you know, from our, our physical labor to our intellectual property, it's always been about commerce. As a matter of fact, when I think about black people, I don't know if you remember the movie The Matrix, the first one, and um, Morpheus was talking to Neo about like what the human race was to the machines, right? And he looked at he brought a battery up, you know what I'm saying? Like this black body, copper top, you know what I'm saying? Our black bodies and copper. I don't know if you know, copper is actually like an amazing conductor of electricity. So we're kind of like, that's what black people seems like our culture is in this country. It is powering the machine. And so, um, you know, that, so in, in that particular capacity, like our culture and, and standing of the West, that's how I view it. Um, in terms of our individual culture or ancestry um, for each individual, because, you know, we're looking at the capacity, uh, you know, for relationships since that's our, that's our, you know, our, our topic or our, uh, our niche. Um you know, it's very important to know a person's uh, ancestry with regards to, you know, how we move and everything. And in this country, a lot of times, you know, because of how our standing in the country as individuals, we seem to be highly um, influenced by so much of how the culture, uh, the American Western culture mindset has affected us as, you know, uh, African people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, whether you want to say we're, whether you want to say we're all Africans, or we do want to say we were, you know, came Americans before the Columbus. I don't know how you want to call yourself black, African American, whatever. Um, we are definitely influenced heavily by Western culture, and it affects us in our relationships every day. Um, from, you know, you know, misogynistic, you know, perspectives. You know, what I'm saying we are actually a more of a matriarchal culture historically before coming to this co- uh, this country, um, we, we highly reverenced our women. Like we, as a matter of fact, when you look at all the da- the ancient uh, spiritual systems and religions and everything, we had a God and a goddess. You know what I'm saying? We, all, we always paired the male and the female principles together. We never excluded our women because we knew that, you know, our, our, the female principle is so powerful in terms of like being the conduit into life. You know, all of us got a belly button. You know what I'm saying? We all come through the woman, period. And so we we highly reverenced our women in our African culture and our African roots. And I think that's one of the main things that's missing in the Western culture is that they don't they don't reverence and value the woman enough. You know what I'm saying? Like everything is very male dominated, oriented, misogynistic. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the things that is really foreign to us as an as a as a people, as a you know a spiritual people, you know. So, yeah, and I'll just I'll, draw, I'll leave it there. Awesome. I'm going to go back over to Chef. Um, We're talking about the culture. (laughs) 
here in America, of course, and how it creates the person. What are your thoughts? Yes, of course. You know, just listening to what Ben was saying, uh, most definitely. That's a lot. A lot what he said is I totally agree on that because we adopted, like I said, we adopted the Western culture. The Western culture has made our relationship. That's what we go off right now. You know, a lot of us are not uh, as spiritual as our ancestors was, as we speak about ancestry. And, you know, our ancestors are very spiritual. And like Ben said, you know, we had the God and you have the goddess and the God is. You know, we were meant to be together. We uplift each other. We know that we come together as one. So, and we stopped practicing that. And that has, since we've had white supremacy, has taken over a lot of our mental. So that since since that has happened, our homes now and our relationships now is not compatible because we look at each other as enemies. Mm-hmm. We don't look at each other as togetherness. We don't look at each other as one whole. We somebody wants to be over the other. Somebody wants to be more dominant. Somebody always wants to control instead of understanding that when we come together, two hands, we make a fist. You know what I'm saying? And that's the whole problem. And we have to, that's why we have to go back to our ancestors. We have to go to our past in order to see how they did do it. How did they, how come they were doing so much better in their relationship? How could they be together for the rest of their whole lives, raise the children to, in, in, in a form where they don't have the worries that we have of trying to make sure they're going to have a family demonstrating a family presence you know so we got a lot of work to do and we like i said we need to learn our past it's going to take us to a better future jalan um culture uh, there's a lot that goes into i guess what can be defined as culture because i feel like culture is cultivated from different ideas and different ways of life. Like, what was the first culture comprised of? I guess it was a group of people to me that had ideas of this is what life should look like. This is how we should live. Um, And let's pass this down to our children and so forth and so forth. So um, I agree with Jamal in, in saying that we have to go back to the past to discover what that culture was to begin with. Because now we have a distorted view on what we perceive as culture, culturistic as far as our people, as far as like the things that made up our, our, our villages, our communities and things like that. So Culture is something that it can be changed, it can be modified, but I feel like in far as far as getting to the root of who you are to define who you are, you got to go back. You got to take that journey back to then put those things into perspective and then to develop the mindset of where you want to be um, as far as passing that down to your children as well because where you where you want to be is going forward in in your in your offspring and in, in your families and 
your lineage, basically. So there's a term called Sankofa. I want to say it's Swahili. I know it's an African language. It may be Twi or Swahili, Wolof, one of them. It may be, it may be amongst all of them, but it basically means the return. And to to um to Jalan's point, that's what it's about. It's like it's, it's about a return. It actually looks like a bird and their head, the head is going back to the tail. And so um that's a very that's a very strong African ideology to return and look back to find out who you are and to, you know, to her point, you know. That, that original culture, what was it like? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's one of the things I really think about. I mean, me personally, like I think about, you know, even back today, like we were building pyramids. We we're doing things that modern engineers cannot at all explain. They can't explain it. They, they, they don't they, know. To this day, yeah. they don't. They, to this day, they don't know how in the world it is an engineering impossibility based on modern science for the Great Pyramid to be where it is. And the Giza complex, and I, I, I've been in it. It is the most amazing thing I've ever been in, inside of. I mean, it is granite. I mean, you got the stone blocks on the outside. I'm not gonna go too big, long tangent about this, but granite stones on the outside. I'm sorry, sandstone on the outside, granite on the inside. I mean, it's again, it is an impossibility. And so that's the things we were doing. We need to return, like we need the pyramid science. We need to be back to that type of mind state. You know, when they start talking about like Atlantis. And these ancient high technological civilizations, that was black, that was that was black folks doing this stuff. Like these were ancient melanated people doing high science stuff. We have been doing this for a minute, y'all. We we built all of this. We are the, the cradle of the civilization is right here on this panel, right here. We are the mothers and fathers of civilization. You know what I'm saying? And so we need to return back to who we are for real, for real. We're talking about culture. We are the culture. You know, the greatest export in America is culture. We're not exporting nothing really major except for movies and music and all that stuff like that. <laughs> and and guns and military, you know, it's a military presence. But again, I'm not going to go on a tangent, but yeah. So. And none of the stuff mean anything unless we wear it or we use it or we do something with it. That's Otherwise, it. gold sits and it does nothing. Diamond sits and does nothing until we take control, you know, until we use it. Absolutely. We That's are the right. culture. Absolutely. Lewis put on chains and made it, you know, bigger than life. You know, like we yeah. we know how to take something out of nothing and and make something. Um, and it's so remarkable on how we've done everything from, you know, even with with, with the slaves coming and all the inventions that I discovered that we did. Yeah. It's 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 mind blowing the inventions and and things that we. We, we came up with absolutely a lot of people don't know and they take time you know when it comes to like black history month to oh yeah well benjamin banneker did this there are so many more people oh. that have done way and i'm not saying what he did was like nothing but i'm just saying there are so many more people that have just it's my absolutely absolutely the things that absolutely. we have accomplished on the face of this earth i mean we've never been, we've never lacked creation. You know what I'm saying? Like we've never had, you know, we've never had a lack of like, like you said, turning up into something or turning a little to a lot or whatever like that. We, that we mastered that. Our biggest issue as a culture has been able, has been being able to protect our stuff. Like, you know, mm. protecting, protecting our intellectual property, protecting our bodies, protecting 
our inventions, protecting our borders. You know what I'm saying? We've we've been too friendly. You know what I'm saying? Dr. Yeah, John Henry yeah. Clark, he said, you have no friends. I don't know. I hope that's not true. But he was talking about black people in general. You have no friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we need to unify um, as a people and come together and realize that you are your, you know, you are your savior. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got, got to come together and unify and you will be the hand that you're looking for, the hand that you need to raise up to, 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 you know, uplift yourselves. It's your own hand. It's the hand of your brother. It's the hand of your sister, the hand of your mother, your father, your, your daughter, your, you know, your husband, your, your wife, all of that. You are your, you know, your uplifter. Anyway, again, I'm not going to go into tangent. <laughs> Louis, what are your thoughts about the culture? I cringe sometimes because I'm afraid to know too much because I could sit here and I really believe if I just focus and educate myself, it's like I'll, my whole life will shift <laughs> once you start to come into knowledge of so much yeah. stuff, yeah. so much truth, so much understand. You almost want to leave everything behind and grab and get more. And it, the more you get, the more upset you get. And although you get stronger, you need to reach out to other people who are who are stronger than you to help you fuel and not turn it into anger, but turn it into teachable moments to the rest of your people. And that's the that that can be difficult because now you're talking about you changing who you are or who you thought you were into now devoting most of all your attention to you know, black history and what we're all about and really digging and grasping. It's, it's so much information. I can't imagine what we could have been if slavery didn't happen and we use all our energy, talent, understanding, skills, and move forward and came up with all these different things. Like, where would we be? Wakanda? You know what I'm saying? Right. You know what I mean? Because think about the pyramids. If they were at that mathematical understanding then, <laughs> Could you imagine the time we've wasted trying to get over this enslavement and the of the mind and the body and our people? We've we've shifted our time into doing that, and I can't imagine. And that makes me upset because I'm like, man. I could have been a superhero or something. I don't know. I could have been a superhero. Like, Yo, I could have had something going on. But it, 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 it makes you so upset because it's so much information. She was showing, this girl was showing me so many pictures from Zimbabwe. I was like, are you kidding? I was like, are you kidding? One of the wonders of the world. They never show that. Not even in movies. Really, they show that in movies. Or anything. Right. Really do they show the awesomeness and the the nature of God, how he has dealt with us. So I mean I, that's how I, I just feel torn because there are times I can sit back and cry and be so upset to know that I miss I've missed out or I'm missing out on such truth. That can direct me, it can direct my life in a whole new, different avenue. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, when I think about, like, to your point, man, so many amazing wonders all over the world, particularly in Africa. Um, I mean, I so many places I want to go. Like, 
Mali, for instance, uh, there's a tribe called the Dogon in Mali. Um, and they are a highly, you know, they have a very um, high scientific, highly scientific cosmological story, which is basically the origins of the universe. And uh, there's actually a tie between the, the, the Dogon and the, you know, the Egyptian Kemetic cosmological story. Uh, a lot of the symbols and everything are the same. But anyway, anyway, long story short with them, they actually, before any modern um, telescope could look at the star system of Sirius, which is like really far away, thousands of light years. I mean, hundreds of light years away. I, again, a long, a long way away. Um, Sirius is like a, it's a binary star system. So it's like a big star. And there's a small dwarf star. The dwarf star can't be seen by the naked eye. But the Dogon, in their cosmological story, they talk about this because in the Dogon story, they come from this star system, the serious, the serious star system. And they talk about in their again in their cosmological story that they've had for hundreds of years. They talked about um, or thousands of years, but hundreds of years in a, in a, in a Western uh, understanding of the Western yeah, thousands, uh, thousands, thousands of years, right? So anyway, long story short. In their cosmological story, they knew about Sirius B, and only in the 1970s, I think it was, modern uh, Western uh, um, astrologists, um, astronomers rather, were able to actually see the this the, this star. And so it's just again, we have so much. It's, it's we're so powerful as a people. We have so much knowledge. And into, if you ask me, like we talk about the culture, like you know, in our ancestor, our ancient culture, like I believe that there was an ancient culture that was highly scientific, highly evolved, way more scientific involved in and in, in, in involved than we are today. Um, and something happened. You know, if you ask me, it was kind of like, I don't know if you remember in Star Wars and they talk about the Order 66 when the Empire turned on the Jedi and everybody turned on the Jedi at once. I think that's kind of like probably what happened to us. Like the rest of the world turned on us at some point and, and we're at and we're in this point we are today. And that's probably why it seems to be an orchestrated effort globally against all blackness um, and particularly this country because, you know, Everybody eats off of Africa. Every every nation, European, Asian, everybody eats off of Africa. Everybody eats off black minds and bodies, black resources in, in Africa everywhere. So again, anyway, I'm gonna leave it there. I know, man. I, I would want to go in, but I'm 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 trying to keep it. You only got so much time. I'm trying to keep it in relationships. I'm trying to go off into some other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what are your thoughts? No, as I said, they eat all black people, period. Just everything, just us, because you have to think about it. When they started eugenics, eugenics started with black people. They wanted to see what they wanted to see what, what goes on inside of our bodies because our melanin. Why can we be immune to so many different things? Why we can do these special things that they can't? Why are we yeah. the only ones to have uh um, cells that regenerate Harriet and Lex, you know what I'm saying? That's right, that's right. So, and her story so, is anyway, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. it's always going to be why are we here, but it's like he said, Sirius B, the Dogons, they know that we that's where we come from. They said that black people come from there, that's why we're so much different, and we are part alien, whatever you want to call it, because we are here we are part of this earth we have all the same elements as the earth everything inside us we can find in the dirt so that being said that's why we don't burn when the sun hits us we we take those uv rays it gives us energy we get all of our energy from the sun 
the sun gives everything on this planet energy, life. That's so why in ancient. Yeah, and whatever is not natural, the sun kills it. So, I mean, you just put one plus one equals two, and you know, and that's how it goes. And yeah, that's so why in ancient. Man. No, go ahead. Go ahead, man. I was gonna no, say go that's ahead. why in ancient. Yeah, yeah, in ancient, in ancient, uh, and a lot of our ancient, um, you know, ideologies, we reverence the sun very heavily. When we looked at the sun, like the sun was like. That's why we looked at the sun so as, you know, and put it so high in in how we reverence spirituality in ourselves and everything like that. And to Jamal's point, I mean, melanin is basically like a couple of molecules away from like chloroplast, you know what I'm saying? Uh, chlorophyll, like basically the the, the the same stuff in plants that make, that allows them to absorb the sun and, and, and you know, and, and generate energy. That's basically what our melanin does for us. It's, it's pretty much, it's, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. Like I said, there's, there's, there's several small little differences uh in terms of our chemical composition between melanin and uh, you know the thing the stuff in, in plants that gives them that have some power uh be powered by plants i mean powered by the sun rather so yeah that's why we're so connected to nature that's why we're spiritual beings because we're all one we're all together in this in this on this planet and you are that's why you always see like you said you go to africa on these wild jungles us melanated people we walk with the animals you know what I'm saying? We are able to do certain things with nature that they wonder, like, how we're we able to do that? Because it's natural. It's a natural connection that we have because our melanin. Animals have a lot of melanin, too. Anything that you see with all these cultures are melanin. Same thing with the plants. It looks like he was explaining. The plants talk to us all the time. We just don't listen. And you've got to understand that everything speaks to us. And we can absorb that energy that they've given us. We can start understanding everything from nature. And that's how we become more spiritual. And becoming more spiritual like that helps us in our relationship. Because Absolutely. you have a spiritual woman and you have that spiritual man understanding nature, understanding the connection. How can you stop that combination? George Washington Carver said that the plants talk to him. You know what I'm saying? Like he, exactly. when he, when he the, the peanut, he said that he literally said that he was communing with the plants. That's why he was so in tune and why he was able to do so many things with him. Uh, that one. And then two, to, to Jamal's point about nature, um, the ancient comedics, you know, quote unquote, Egyptian word, the word of God was meter natur. And the word natur is what they feel like is how the word nature, where the word nature comes from, or was the, the derivative of the word nature comes from that meter natur, that term natur, which means nature, which means word of God. And so, you know, our our ancient African, you know, ancestors, they reverenced nature. You know what I'm saying? They looked at, they they commune with nature. They looked at the, that's why they was so into like the stars and like, you know, the heavens and everything like that. That's why they were so in tune into like different animals and like, you know, this anthropomorphic, uh, like, you know, symbolism and stuff like that. And they have like different, you know, animal heads on their body, you know, on human bodies, stuff like that, because they were communing, they were in tune, they were in tune with nature in a way that, so, you know, in such a way that they were, um, you know, taking on these characteristics because they understood the principles that each of these animals um, represented it. So anyway, not going to go on tangent. I was waiting for that part. Okay, so now we go into a, a really, really deep part, which um, affects our community, the upbringing of a person. 
Um, I want to go to Jalan first on the upbringing of a person. Uh, when we get into relationships with someone, um, sometimes we don't think about their culture for one. We don't think about um, how they were raised, where they were raised, all of the different variables inside of their environment. Um, what are your thoughts on a person's upbringing and how a person becomes who they are? Um, whether in a relationship or not? I think upbringing has a 50% chance of what creates someone into who they are, because a lot of things are, are, are chosen as well. And the reason why I say that is because we have a lot of people who were brought up in two-parent households, single-parent households, raised by grandparents, their, you know, maternal, paternal side, aunts, uncles, who are adopted like myself into a family that is, you know, Afro-Caribbean. Um, and so you have different, you know, dynamics that go on as far as upbringing. And I feel like the main things that are, or the main things that should be instilled when you are up, when you are being brought up is how you view the world and how you want the world to view you. As far as who are you going to be in society? Are you going to be someone that, you know, brings honor to your name? Are you going to be someone who is going to be able to leave a legacy behind that can be followed? Um, and it just depends. You know, a lot of people were brought up right, quote unquote, but make bad decisions. Um, and so that's why I said it's kind of 50% when it comes to upbringing, because you have a choice in the matter. Um, you can be raised by two parents and they not have good relationship skills and good communication skills and turn around and, and get divorced and, you know, just not be able to treat each other well. And then you can at that point decide for yourself, hey, that's not what I'm going to do. That's not what I want to become. I'm going to change around that dynamic in myself so that when I do seek a partner, I'm not going to make those mistakes. Now you have some people who get into these cycles where that's all they know and they're just kind of programmed because that's all they've been around, dysfunction and toxicity and things of that nature. But then you also have the point where, the part where, you know, you decide who you want to be. You know, you decide if you want to be a good person or not. You decide if you want to communicate. And I feel like those are the places in yourself where growth can occur mm -hmm. because you decide those things for yourself. You want to be a certain way. You want to treat people a certain way. And despite your upbringing, you know, because some people have, you know, have had fathers that were abusive to their mothers. Do you think that, you know, that should be instilled or is it something that that has been instilled, sorry, rather, or is it something that is kind of subconsciously, you know, branded into that person's mind and then they grow up and do the same thing that you know oh, you're just like your daddy you do you know but yes that's partially the case but then again like i said it's about choosing who you want to be right 
And Lois, what are your thoughts on the upbringing of a person? Oh, man. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, how much time do we have? I mean, I know. Uh, see, I grew up in the project and, um, in Brooklyn, New York. Ten brothers and sisters. Oh, it's seven boys, three girls. I had a big family. Um, I'm thankful that the two people that got together allowed love to make it work because they saw what they were missing and wanted that. So my dad was missing his dad. He wanted his dad in his life. And he didn't have that. My mom was missing her dad out of her life. She was missing that. She wanted that. Them two got together and they made it work. They had a common goal. No matter what the situation were, no matter what difficulties they had, they had a common goal that they were going to raise kids with both parents. And, you know, my father was big on nobody else raising his kids. He said, you know, I, my mother's like, well, if you want kids, then I'm not working because I'm going to take care of the kids. And my father was fine with it. You know, my father loved kids. He 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 had seven seven brothers and sisters on his side. My mom had six, and he he lo enjoyed his brothers and sisters. They were so close. And um, I think he said if he had his dad, he would have been some. He felt empty, although he was raised by his mom. You know, and things were well, and love was there. He still felt empty as a man. Can you can you imagine what that must feel like for the millions of families that are in broken homes with young men that we don't talk about and that these young boys do not know how to express about, that they wait till they get older and crisis has to hit in order for us to realize, oh, there's no dad in this family. Oh, well, that's too late. That's the result, right? So my mom and dad, I'm glad they made a decision. In my upbringing, I didn't feel empty at all, whatsoever. I felt no emptiness um, and being raised by both parents. I thought that's how everybody was. I didn't think anybody, you know, I just didn't know that until when my friends and I got together, we were, you know, we talk on the bench and we will always say, you know, is your dad coming to school or coming out to watch you play? And a lot of them didn't know their dad. I mean, I... I was one of the only, one of the only families probably in my building with that many kids who still had their dad. And I had 15 floors, eight, eight homes on one floor, 15 floors. Mm -hmm. And people kind of adored my family because my dad would come home. It was like clockwork. I, they, everybody knew when my dad drove up. They knew when my mom came, you know, was watching my dad come up. Um, we knew when shopping was going on because my mother get everybody to help bring bags up to the house. Everybody, she would say, "Come on, boy, get you help me help me get these bags up to the house." And, and and it helped me to understand that wow, I don't know what I would do without this family bring up. Like who's missing it? And and I just didn't know. So I can understand why a bring up can have an impact. And I'm not saying that a woman can't do a good job or a man by himself can't do a good job. A better job can be done when two people are teaching and training you. Because then you have two different perspectives. You don't have just one. Mm -hmm. And then you become almost your own mediator with that perspective. When I grew up, I knew how to be my dad 
love like my mom. But I also knew that I couldn't do that with the woman that I had to be with. I couldn't be my dad and love like my mom. I had to take both because my dad was very quiet, um, didn't talk much, uh, you know, just stern. But he loved Long silent to silent. me. You know what I mean? But my yeah. mom was the huggy, lovey, kissy, playful, all that stuff. And I I took, I took thought I needed to take on the trait of my dad growing up. I'm a man, right? So I need to be like my dad. I mean, I had both in me. I need to be like my dad. But I knew I had to be the mediator between two loving parents in order to develop into the man I needed to be for any woman. And I had to learn that through my marriage. I did not understand how to bring the two together so that I could become a better man. Yeah. I knew how to be a man, but I need to know how to be a better man. But that and that needed to that needed me knowing how to understand my mom and how she worked. And that was the only way I could communicate with a woman who knew how she was grew up, how she grew up by her mom or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I all that to say upbringing means a lot. And when you get to a certain age, now we're in the information age, right? Where you can get any information you need. It's not about feelings anymore, right? We're leaving that out. The internet has removed feelings and the understanding about ourselves that we've gotten to the point where our own life structure is based on technology. Therefore, we don't know how to feel. We don't know how to connect. We know how to be with each other, but we don't know how to connect. And without that, you might as well not be together. And that's what's missing in the, I think, in the upbringing of certain people that they're together, but they're not connecting. We have to get back to the point where the 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 older have to teach the younger, right? We, we miss that. You know, that's gone. <laughs> the younger is just trying to be like the older. I mean, the younger, older trying to be like the younger now. Right. And we're not teaching. We're letting technology rule and take over. Therefore, these kids these days, they don't know how to feel. They don't, not, they don't know the understanding and the impact it has, it will have on their relationship as they grow up. So the upbringing is important. And I think it takes us conversation, bringing these young folk into some of these conversations. They're not having, we're not having these conversations with them, right? We're having them amongst each other. But the kids are missing it. Well, part of that is upbringing too, but the the parent parental generation is getting younger as well. Correct. It, well, it has gotten younger. It's kind of shifting a little bit because I see people who are like in their forties starting families, but just in general, the parental, you know, generation is younger, so they don't know. They don't right, know right, right. their kids. I, I think kids. the difference in parental though is our parents were experienced in life. Right. These these parents are experienced in technology, you know, small information stuff, but they are connecting it. Our parents, they will get, you know, they were having kids, you know, 15, 14, nothing changed. But what they were doing, they were sharing their life experience because that's all they had. They didn't really have the education. Absolutely. And then, you know, the the sense of community was so much different in our parents' generation than it is for ours. You know what I'm saying? Like when mm-hmm. our parents were like, okay, so my father is 70 years old. You know what I'm saying? He was born in the forties. And so he had me, he had me like, he had me, he was 41. So, um, 
you know, back in his day, man, like he used to talk about how the community, there was such a strong sense of community that you can get in trouble, you know, around the corner and somebody mama will see you, they'll beat your behind and they take you to tell, tell your mama, your daddy, your mama get you. She'll beat you behind. The daddy get home, he'll beat you behind. Nobody right. was like, don't touch my child. Don't put your hands on my child. Like, cause we right. all respected and understood and, 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 um, and trusted one another that we are a community raising our, it takes, it takes, we were our village, you know what I'm saying? It takes a village to raise a child. And so we, we had this village mentality that we don't have today. Everything is so individualistic, which again, I think is a very Western way of thinking. You know what I'm saying? Our, our native, whether you want to say native, you know, Aboriginal uh, American or African, whatever way of thinking is to be, have a sense of community and that we all are raising our children together, you know, so your child is my child and vice versa. And so again, that's why when you start talking about like the the not only is the generation getting younger, but again, I think it's even more more so to that the, the sense of community is so different now. It is so different. So Jamal, what are your thoughts on that bringing of a person? That has a lot to do with somebody's character, point blank period. You know, just like both of them were saying, for me, for instance, I didn't have that, you know, both parents in the same household, you know, uh, raised by my mom. And my dad, he was, my dad was around. He taught me a lot, but he'll be disappointing a lot of times. He want to say, yeah, I'm going to come through and hey, I don't see him. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times I was a lot of, it was a lot of disappointment as a child. And as a child, you really don't understand that concept until you get older. And for some, for some people, those, those are small traumas. And they affect you in different types of ways, different people in different types of ways. Uh, like Jalan was saying before, some people, you can make that choice. But I say, in my opinion, some people can't make that choice because they only see one way and their mind isn't set up to switch over. To be like, okay, I'm going to do it the opposite way that I've seen. Some of their minds are just going to stick that way because that's all they've seen. So they go that opposite way and they stick to that way, you know, and that's hard for some people. That's why you have to learn people individually, especially going into a relationship because me not having my dad around like that, it made me like a lot of other guys are. I don't want that in my life. I want to be there for my children. As y'all can see, I fight for my babies, you know, they're right here running around now and I've been through a, a long battle, four-year battle for my baby. So, and I had the feeling of disappointment and abandonment as a child. So I don't want my children to have that. And so now me going into a relationship with a, uh, a woman, I have to understand her background to see if she is able to deal with her traumas uh, what her uh, uh, mother and father has done. You know, she might not have both mothers. She might have been raised by her father. She mm -hmm. might not have been raised by her mother. You know, same similar with my family because my grandmother was raised by her father. And that's why down it goes down the line. Since she was raised by her father, my mom, and my aunts, everybody, they have hard strong mentality because my grandmother was raised like a boy. She didn't she didn't know how to nurture. She had two girls and didn't know how to nurture them. All they knew was hard, you know, 
this is how we got to do it. This is how we got to do it. So I had a mother that was raised me like that. You know, you got to do it like this. It is. Stop crying. You know, it is what it is. And that's how I actually learned a lot of my traits and become the person who I am. But you have to understand, everybody has a different individual thought. Everybody can't just flip like that. Some people have those tendencies to just stay in that stuck part of that trauma. Mm -hmm. And they don't know how to pull out of that trauma because mm -hmm. that's all their mind knows. And it takes a difficult, it takes a lot of patience and it also takes them to connect themselves spiritually in order to break those yeah. traumas. And that's the whole thing. A lot of people can't do that. Like you said, we got all this technology, all this stuff going out here in the world right now. It's no, it's no help for the relationship. Everything is a distraction for the relationship. And then that's why I keep going back to being spiritual in nature. Because if you don't go back to that, you won't have anything. Because like Ben said, nature, spiritualism, that's God. That is God. So if you don't go, you won't have a you won't have the the relationship that you seek. There's so many, so much great stuff said um, between uh, the other three panelists just now. Uh, going back to something Jalan said with regards to, um, you know, the concept of like nature versus nurture, right? So um, the way I look at it, like like she said, like you know, you have nature. That's the way. There's nothing you can do with that. That's how you would, you know, your, your genetic composition, everything like that. Right. Um, but you got nurture. That's that's your environment. And so the way I look at it. Um, you know, it's kind of like a bell curve. Remember the bell curves in school? You know what I'm saying? You got like, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, you got you got a lot of people on one on the one end of the extreme that will, you know, when it comes to like nature, uh, excuse me, nurturing or your environment, you know, no matter what, they will not be too much influenced by the environment. You got on the other end that, you know, some people that will be super greatly influenced by the environment, you know what I'm saying? And we're kind of everybody's kind of middle. I think most people, if you ask me. Can, are are more are very heavily influenced by the environment. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? That that's that not that's not to say that you know you can't um, to to everyone's point that you can't break out of it. But there's a reason why things are socially engineered. There's a reason why you know um, <laughs> you know there are certain factions of you know political and governmental power why they broke up the black family. You know what I'm saying? Why why they want to to break up black women and, you know, black men, black women, why, you know, uh, you know, there's so many, you know, why there's a mass incarceration of black men, why there, you know, uh, there were government programs that, um, you know, gave benefits to black women who was not with black men when they, you know, when they said the black man wasn't in the home and they gave them all these kind of governmental benefits. Like there, mm -hmm. there was a reason why all these things were engineered socially because they know that for the most part, if you affect someone's environment, it's going to affect the person. Now, is it going to affect everybody? No, but most people's going to affect your environment affects most people. And whether it's on the subconscious level, as Jalan uh, alluded to earlier, or it's like, you know, right there in your face, whether you're conscious of it or you're not on some level, it's going to influence you in some kind of way. Um, and it may, it may influence you in the opposite way. Like you might, let's say, for instance, you might be raised by somebody that has an alcoholic, for instance. And you see how they behave and you're like, OK, I'm never going to drink alcohol. Or I'm never going to be alcoholic that you have been influenced. It was a positive influence on you, but yeah. you were influenced. You know what I'm saying? And but for the most part, you know, we are we get impacted 
by our environment. And that's why that's why the nature aspect is so important. That's why to Lewis's point, the two parent household so important. You know what I'm saying? That's not to say that you can't be a positive, you know, you can't be a, a successful person in this society, you know, in a one parent household. Cause I mean, I, my mother, for, you know, a lot of times she had different husbands, but for the most part, I was raised primarily by her. My father was in my life. And as a matter of fact, I was, I was very blessed to have not only my father, but I have two other uncles that I call them my three wise men and my three giants. Like they, they, they have been so influential in my life, especially as I got older. And so, you know, just having that, that male influence in my life helped guide me in so many directions with, with regards to education, with regards to entrepreneurship, with all these things, you know what I'm saying? The man that I am is because I had both, I had the, both of those principles in my life. I had the male and female principles. We all need both the male and female principles. We are all composed of both male and female principles. When we are, and, and not when we are gestating our first what couple of months of life, we're actually all females until we become males. You know what I'm saying? The X and I think I talked about this in another another episode, but the Y chromosome is just a degenerated version of the X chromosome. So we all have these principles in our bodies and in ourselves. And you know, there was a reason why, you know, the creative unity, you know, the creative unity like you know split us into two, you know, the male female principles. And so we need each other. Um, and so when we talk about upbringing, it is vitally important that we have, you know, that's that, that you know, both of those principles in our lives, uh, you know, whether you're a male or a female, we, we need both of them. Because as a male, when you see a male, it helps guide you into who you are. When you see a female as a male, it guides you into how you're supposed to interact with her. You know what I'm saying? When you're female, when you see a female, it helps you guide you into who you are. And when you see a male as a female, it helps you guide you into how you're supposed to interact with him. You know what I'm saying? So it just we all need that. Um, and so to my final point about what Jamal said in terms of nature, um, I, I, I definitely agree, you know what I'm saying, that, you know, we need to make sure we need to commune with nature, understand nature. I also see, too, that what's interesting with regards to like technology, because, you know, I love technology. I'm a huge technology buff. We think about it. Technology is only technology because we have mastered nature. You know what I'm saying? Like all the different components, like our computers and all this stuff like that. We have mastered nature to, to such a degree. That is to me like one of the highest forms of spirituality. Like right now we have all these signals going on right now. We can't see them, right? Mm -hmm. We don't see the, the the radio frequencies and things going on. You know, these things are in a sense spiritual. Like they they are the unseen that our ancient ancestors talked about. Mm -hmm. You know, all the our computers is, is made up of different elements, you know, mm -hmm. lithium batteries, you know what I'm saying? Cobalt in our phones that that helps us to uh to power our our, our technology. So to me. Technology, in a sense, to me, is actually, in a sense, kind of spiritual in every respect. And it's less about really the technology itself. It's about how we implement them. Everything is a tool. You know what I'm saying? Like a hammer can either hammer a nail or bust somebody upside the head. A knife can either cut your food or cut somebody's throat. You know what I'm saying? Like it's how we use all of this stuff. So mm -hmm. for me, you know, I, I always look at it like you don't throw the baby away with the bathwater. You know what I'm saying? Like you, 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 you look at things. And you you use them. You look at the person, not the thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so, with all that being said, you know, for me, it's really about us as a people um, understanding our intention, our intentions about things, and being very intentional and very uh, uh, directed about how we are going to operate and navigate with everything that we do. You know what I'm saying? From a spiritual, from the spiritual and ethereal, all the way down to material. Everything has to be and have have a righteous intention. Yes. Jamal, you're muted. So, so, so Ben, question. Um, okay. I, I, mean, I don't think technology is bad, but do you not agree that it can cause distractions? Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, I, I, no, that's just, I don't. I don't disagree with you. No, I don't disagree with you in that particular aspect, and th- and that's what that was my point. Like I think that it's about how how it's used. Everything can be, but everything that's what I'm saying. Like anything can be that. You know what I'm saying? Like you can use anything in a negative aspect. It's all about your intention with using it, and that's that's our current issue today. Like technology is our current, the current thing that we are trying to deal with. You know what I'm saying? At one point, it was probably like, you know, ancient ancient times might have been fire. You know what I'm saying? Like you know when we when you when fire was first discovered, you know what I'm saying, or the wheel, you know what I'm saying, it might have been, you know, rolling over somebody or like, you know, fire burned somebody's house down and we'd like, should we be using fire? You know what I'm saying? No, I took our food, help us, you know what I'm saying? So again, all these things are tools for our civilization to be able to advance itself. You know what I'm saying? I I think human innovation is like one of the most amazing things, you know, in creation. And as a matter of fact, when it talks about like, you know, we are created in God's image. If you ask me, that's what the you know, created in God's image is really about the fact that we are creators. We are, we can, we can make these things in a way that just like God created the universe, we can create things, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, so anyway, again, long story short, you know, to your point, I definitely agree that it can be used negatively, but that's the thing. It's all about the intention with anything. Lewis, any final thoughts? I, I know I can go on forever with this. Trust me. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm, I'm actually, this is, I'm learning tonight. Yeah. Um, um, information I didn't know, so that's why I'm absorbing. Um, and I'm learning tonight, so. And Jalan, any final um, thoughts? Simply put, you know, just take the time to get to know who you are, where you come from, where you're going. Chef, can you cook for us a little bit? <laughs> final thoughts? Your end goes down. No, I just want to say, you know, everybody needs to really grasp the hold of themselves right now in this time, in these days. And because digging deep down and getting that spiritualism out of you is a must right now. Because we all need to stand together. We all need to make sure that we are on one on one frequency. We all in the same vibration because Right now, there's just a lot of things going on. So make sure that, like I, like I said, y'all just try to get back out there with nature. Try to get some meditation going on. Go ahead and go out there and ground yourself. Go out there and take your shoes off. Stand in the grass. Feel the earth. Make sure you take deep breaths. Get some of that good prana in. That's breathe fresh air. Get you Get out there. It helps. It definitely is a stress reliever. And that stress reliever is what you need right now through these times. Through these times right now, there's a lot of stress going on. A lot of us have lost lost people during this COVID and everything. I know we, a lot of us, we haven't spoken about it, but I have lost a lot of family already because of COVID. So it's a time to get out there and start looking in deep into yourself and making sure you're right. Make sure you're right with yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not, there's no way for you to enhance your mind. And you, we have to do that because a lot of things are coming right now and we need to be ready. Thank you for that. And there's no way you can enhance another person if, if you're not whole. It was an interesting term that I saw the other day. You know, I'm in peace, so don't come in broken pieces. And that you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. And mm-hmm. for those of you who follow Chef um, at James Bolt, 305 
he actually has a video on his Instagram um, grounding and meditating where he actually goes outside um, and shows you a true illustration of what that looks like for anyone who might want insight. Thank you for that. No problem. Ben, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, so I'll just say, I'll just leave you, uh, or just close with like two different African proverbs that come to mind right now. The first one is as above, so below. Um, that's a very powerful proverb because it talks about like, you know, like even the Bible says, as in heaven, as it is on earth, you know, like Jamal talked about earlier, we are, we are made, our bodies are, are composed of the universe. Like all the different elements in the universe, the things that make stars is literally inside of you all the different radio frequencies and everything that goes throughout the, the, the universe, we emit all of them in small levels, but we emit them. We are the thing of stars, you know what I'm saying? And so as above, so below, not only just that in terms of our physical nature, our material nature, but even our spiritual nature, you know, there was a, there was, you know, whether you want to call say God or, you know, Allah, Jesus, you know, the great algorithm, you know, whatever it is, there was a consciousness that created the universe. There was a, con a mind, a conscious mind that engineered all of this. And we actually have that same a piece of that consciousness in us. The fact that we are conscious existence to me itself, you know, is a reflection that there was a conscious mind that created all of this. I mean, it is amazing engineering feat of existence. Existence itself is an amazing feat. You know what I'm saying? And so we have that same consciousness within us. Uh, the second one I will say is another African proverb is man know thyself um to, to jamal's point um to know who you really are like the, the nature of yourself um your consciousness your body everything about you that was the most prized thing about um our our ancient african ancestry they wrote our they wrote our story in stone to pass down from thousands of years i mean paper would go away everything would go away but they wrote it in stone for us you know, so we know, so we know who we are. So we can, you know, like the, the stone, the Omex stone heads like I was talking about, they unearthed those, you know, in I think that the 18th century or 19, you know, early 18th century or late 19th century. Anyway, whenever they unearthed them, they had our faces on them. You go to Africa, if you ever get go to Kemet in Africa, you go into those temples, you see black faces. You know what I'm saying? You see our story. So we need to know ourselves and to know yourself will help you in your everyday life. It will absolutely help you in your relationship because mm -hmm. when people, two people know each other, they can, they can elevate each other in all the different ways I always talk about, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. And so that's who we are. So know yourself. Wow, what a beautiful conversation. I mean, thank you so much, all of you. Well-rounded conversation, indeed. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm spiritually full. I feel like we had a, a spiritual piece tonight. <laughs> for all of you watching tonight, um, please um, definitely head over to um, our Facebook as you will find um, all of the information there for future episodes, as well as um, our Twitter and Instagram. All of the handles are down below. We are um, actually moving into our next segment of marriage. So we hope that you will join us um, as we are live every Thursday at 9 p.m. For all of you who are new to our platform right now, we have a fall cash giveaway. Um, it ends October 27th. So you'll want to make sure that you watch that episode on Thursday, <laughs> October 28th. We're kicking off fall with a nice fluffy throw for you and your marriage, your, not necessarily your marriage mate, but you and your mate. 
and um, a $25 cash giveaway. Um, so you'll want to go on ahead and go over to our Instagram at the Purple Mic, and all the instructions are there. Jalon, Ben, Lewis, Jamal, thank you so much for an incredible, incredible episode. Thank you so much for your time. I love you all. And to all those watching, good night. Good night. <laughs> <Bye. laughs>